0: You and Today and Here's London present Health Today, a series of interviews with Swiss healthcare experts who share their personal experiences, their professional careers and how they envision their profession in the future. Today we talk to Matthias Hermann, Head of Innovation Management at the University Hospital of Zurich. Matthias, thank you very much for accepting the interview and um, for coming all the way to Geneva. Let's start with the first question, which is the typical interview question: What can you tell us about yourself?
1: So my name is Matthias Hermann. I am from Zurich. I grew up yeah, next to Zurich, right? half an hour outside of Zurich. So we, somebody would say country, but uh, well, for us it was pretty close to the city. So in the weekends you always go to the city. I grew up with a sister and brother, <coughs> and we spent our childhood at the Montessori Schule there. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, not quite the the standard way of growing up 30 years ago. It was quite interesting, so we met people from all over, different nations, uh, different kinds of people. Then my father and my mother, they were both in IT, entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. you would say, they were programming, which was also not a field that everybody was into. And for a woman, (laughs) for my mother, it was quite special. So, yeah, we grew up uh, with technology, from the beginning we were always the first to have a computer we we're very interested in building our own stuff which of course got me excited then to start my career in that field study in uh, business technology uh, i studied psychology uh, along with that um, organizational psychology I was always uh, interested in humans and machines was never uh, one way or another hobbies yeah I have a lot of hobbies. So technology still I would say I also kind of a hobby and um, I like to build computers. I like to build a lot of things at home, like robotics, uh, small programs, um, but I also like nature. So uh, my wife is from the Angelina, from uh, school around and the Ftan, to be sure. And um, precise, and I mean, it's all sorts of sports there, snowboarding, skiing, uh, it's uh, running and hiking uh, in the summers. Thank you very much. The second
0: question is, if you could explain to us Uh, What exactly is your job about?
1: When I started at the University Hospital in Zurich, uh, we were a team of four people uh, who were told to think about moving innovation management to the next stage. Um, When you know the history a little bit, the University and the University Hospital, they were one company, so to say, one institution, but then they separated uh, in the last years and the University Hospitals had to build up a lot of the services that were previously done by the university. And one of these services is innovation management. Still, the university does all the research and the patenting and intellectual property stuff, but a lot of the researchers who are working at the hospital, they miss the consulting or the the business type of things that they need to succeed. We're talking about business plans, we're talking about financial support, not only from grants and awards, but from professional um, financiers. And this is something that most of the natural science um, people and, and, and say researchers, they don't have that in their studies. So it's a new field. They have a new drug or a new therapy in mind and then the lawyers come along and tell them a lot about uh, that stuff that they don't understand. So this was the first thing that we thought about, how to support our researchers. And we have over 2,000 of them. How to support them in the best way so that uh, all the research they're doing and be translated into the medical field. And this we did that for two years. Uh, took over the team uh, last year. So we got this this whole program built up. It's called Health Innovation Hub, where we encourage people not only from the hospital but also from all of Switzerland to talk to us, to ask the questions, to maybe co-develop uh, solutions, but of course also the people from our hospital and the university uh, to get support from us.
0: Many thanks Matthias. If we if we would like to look into the future, how would you envision what you're doing today in five years from now? Basic
1: research is very important. But what I would love to is that all the researchers who are going further with the research think about how do we translate the results into therapies, into novel healthcare solutions and we can help there. And I think Every company can do its part, every hospital and every university can show the researchers that it's not only research, but it could lead into another career path. So for that, I would say we are in five to ten years, we change the field of research a bit so that people also think about when they're doing research, hey, what will come out of this? How could it lead? This, This is the first part. And then the second part, in five to ten years, I would imagine that the cooperation and co-development got huge. Um, you see, we, we went to Israel, and we were invited from the ambassador, um, Jean-Dené Roux, and they showed us the whole system in Israel, and it's fantastic. So the private companies, the state of Israel, and the hospitals they are working together very closely and to develop these solutions. And it's, uh, it's running smoothly. And I mean, everybody who has been to Israel know that the innovation field there, it's fantastic. Mm. And I can imagine in Switzerland, and you know, we, we do have a little thing about privacy, but in the future, I hope that it will open up a little bit. I mean, we have great companies. Our pharma field is huge. And together with the hospitals and our top researchers, one are the best in the world, um, we could create a, a really great entrepreneurial environment. Thank you
0: once again. Um, when you want to inspire your students to be more enthusiastic about developing a, a startup, what alternatives do you consider? Do you, do you let them go free and create whatever they want? Do you give them existing cases with a, a certain focus? Or do you take them to analyze cases that didn't work in the past to come up with a better proposal?
1: It's a little bit of a mix of, of everything, and it really depends on, on the startups. When you say students, often we have a professor of medicine come to us and say, Hey, I, something of my research is going great. I mean, you wouldn't call him a student, probably. <laughs> but still, he, he will need a team of, of people who are working towards that. So when you say startup, when it comes from science and they have been working on the research for years it's a bit different than when you have people who want to do something entrepreneurial but they don't have an idea so if you don't have an idea yeah you can work with them on some design thinking aspects you can have workshops and tell them stay in your field or maybe also broaden your horizon and we can help there a lot with vision workshops and and so forth most of our startups though they come from a science-based approach and they come to us and ask, hey, do you think this could work? And then, of course, you look at who failed, but we won't focus on that because uh, starting up is a lot about motivation. And most of the time, you are not coming with a product and you say, oh, this has never been here before, and no team in the world is working on something similar. So you always find competitors and of course, their ideas are always great and yours are great as well. But in the market, there's usually a place for more than one kind of product. Mm-hmm. And so the motiv- motivation on, hey, look at this team, they're doing this great, look at that team, it's would it tend to be more on the plus side. Because when they try to get money and finance from the sector, they will have enough trouble, believe <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, when they talk to lawyers, so we. we keep the motivation high, we show them other cases, we help them with the more tricky question, designing a finance plan, we help them with pitch trainings, how to present your idea and so forth, and then when it's when they're going into the public as to say we try to stay close to them and also when they say "Oh, I don't know what they meant or I'm nervous before that meeting with the bank, I've never had a meeting with the bank, we try to help them, give them a little yeah, motivational speakers, everybody was at this point once, you know. And there's always us who can help you, but still, it's also a learning process. You know, the, the, one of the most used phrases is uh, fail early and fail fast, uh, and they mean that you learn with your failures. But and everybody, when they think about failures, they think about when you go liquid, when you have to liquidize, when you, when you don't work anymore. You know, a botched meeting could also be interpreted as a, fa- as a failure. So if you're going to your first meeting, nobody expects that you're a, a pro and you're going eye to eye with the lawyer who's been doing that for 20 years. So everybody is used to this meeting on the professional side and it's a lot of just taking a little fear away and making people comfortable. And if the science results are great, you can take a little time to learn the business aspect.
0: What are the main obstacles that health related startups are currently experiencing?
1: So, I mean, of course, there's the whole science part that, need, that needs to work and the data part. And the first obstacle is transitioning from science into business. As I said, there's a lot of uh, aspects that you just don't know as a scientist. You intellectual property rights, uh, is your patent valid in, in what countries? Financial plans, business plans, hiring and firing, it's not something that you're confronted with in your studies or or in your work up until then. So this is a little bit of a a knowledge gap that you you need to fill in. And then the second um, big obstacle is getting money, actually, because usually the science based uh, startups or the life science startups, they take long if you if you're in a new drug development and you have to go the clinical trials phases you will not be on the market within five years so a lot of the venture capitalists or also private individuals who want to see some kind of returns within the next couple of years they're not into that so what usually happens is you have a lot of grants and awards and programs from the universities for example or from InnoSwiss as you may know for keeping you afloat but it's always a little bit of struggle for money. The, the further you come along, the more you need to think about money. And this is a huge obstacle for scientists who are, well, of course, they're scientists, so they love to work in the, in the lab or they want to bring their, um, bring their solution further. And we come and tell them, you need to think about money. You need to think about financing rounds. And this is a little bit of a, it's a, transition, of, uh, a transition of focus area that's, that's going to be hard for, for pretty much everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's the main one.
0: If you had to choose, which is which which was actually the best startup of twenty twenty one?
1: First you need to define what, what is a startup. Usually sometimes people say we're a startup and they're ten years in the market and then near an IPO. So I mean for Switzerland in the field of, of consumables for example, I mean it's it's the big ones, you know, the on shoes for example. It's a very nice case that you can can bring Uh, how do you say there's Nike and Adidas and these guys they somewhat uh, they made it um, up there which is a nice success story and then in health I'm always looking at the Wiest Zurich it's a program from ETH and and University Zurich and uh, they invest heavily in in really good startup ideas and there's a couple there who would uh, definitely make the list Uh, for example there's Qtis it's artificial skin where you can just print skin for burn victims it's fantastic and of course, there's a, a couple of uh, university hospital startups that are really, uh, I think they're gonna be game changers. Uh, for example, we're working with one, it's called FimSight, and it's targeting endometriosis. For women, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, huge. a disease uh, that's huge, and it has been, uh, I'd say, not very popular uh, in the past years uh, in research. So they have a new antibody that directly targets endometriosis. It's not hormonal or anything. So this would mean a uh, this would be a game changer in that field. And then a couple of startups uh, but one from us it's Oncobiotics and they work with bacteria so if different bacteria strains uh, from the microbiome as you know your bacteria is in the gut for example and they uh, can target cancer uh, and it's uh, showing really promising results and uh, it would be an alternative to the traditional chemotherapy with of course way more counterindications. and uh, I think these so just the things on top of my head. They're very early, but it's, uh, I think yeah, they're going to be big.
0: When it comes to artificial intelligence, do we need scientists to get more into technology? Or do we need more people with tech background involved in science?
1: It's a good question. When I started at the hospital, I was quite surprised how many doctors are really good in artificial intelligence. And uh, I was pleasantly surprised that from the ETH they built up a new um, study focus with uh, health technologies. And still, I think there's so much untouched potential. Also, for, for IT guys, if somebody would ask me what would be the right thing to go into uh, say healthcare, without, without a doubt, it's, it's going to be huge. The technology aspect is going to be huge. And from the medical side, from the scientist side, It's really important that you show scientists this new path, this new work path. You don't have to stand in the lab uh, every day. You can go the entrepreneurial route and your knowledge is very much needed, uh, also in the years to come. So I would wish that in science study programs they would tackle technology a bit more and of course uh, vice versa. When you look at the landscape, I mean you look at the universities at uh, ETH who's building a health technology, you look at uh, ZHW who's, who's coming up with uh, uh, informatics uh, in healthcare and so on. University of Zurich, uh, actually he's also working at the hospital, is called uh, Professor Krauthammer he's the IT medical, um, the head of the IT medical department and he is a, an MD medical doctor and he has a PhD in, in informatics and these are going to be the Key thought leaders in the future—they're really needed. So I think everybody needs to to focus a little bit more on work, also working together. But mm-hmm. uh, I think we're on a good way. we're I think. Uh,
0: if you if you had to choose one challenge you would like to solve in this world, and you had a you had to choose one big problem to solve, where would you aim for? A disease, for example.
1: I am. Um, when we. When we have startups and we're discussing in the evaluation board and the innovation board uh, a lot of time we discuss how much faster and uh, how much cost it's going to be uh, how much cheaper it's going to be the whole process and everything and I always think about um, i'm in, involved in another project in uh, kenya uh, it's a project from a brother who's, uh, who's there uh, philanthropic wise it would be great to have these digital solutions who, who are so efficient and so effective somehow transform into solutions that you can also use in not so fortunate countries. I think if that, if that would be... I know the UN has a program, uh, I talked to, to the representative, I think this would need to be a big bigger because a lot of the challenges uh, countries experience if they're not so fortunate I'm pretty sure you can solve them or make them easier with the technology that we use uh, every day, uh, and also if, when startups come, of course they need the, the money from the fortunate countries to to become big. But I would very much like to see that it will be part of uh, of international aid to also share technology and share um, these uh, the new processes instead of only sharing you know the money or something else. I think this this would be a great if you can. Leverage the startups also to to do good at some point.
0: And with this one, I'm going to take you out of uh, any kind of rational thinking. You're in the last five minutes of your life. You have gained a lot of experience in both personal and professional fields. What would you like to have achieved
1: by then? Well, if it's commercially available, I would probably go on a spacewalk. <laughs> I think this is something that I'm. Uh, that I, I mean, a lot of people have, of course, uh, thought about space. And probably not achievable with my, uh, in my lifetime, maybe. But uh, going on a space would be pretty great. I mean, if you said that family and everything was there, of course. Uh,
0: cool. Yeah, Why?
1: I Why? I always thought uh, when, I, when I first read about the uh, uh, astronauts' interview when they came back. Uh, they all talked about this phenomenon when you look at uh, the Earth from space that you get this feeling of uh, oneness, that we're all one. And uh, they described this as beautiful and it's a feeling that you probably well, cannot get here. And I think this would be a, it must be a, nice, a nice thing to, to change your thinking about the world a little bit or put it in perspective. I think this uh, has me hooked as a teenager
0: (laughs) so thank you very much for giving all this time to our audience this was uh, a new episode of Health Today the health interview series organized by UN Today and Hirsland until next time